0: Left dot news indie. indie. What's up indie? Indie news network indie. I get news from independent left. Independent left dot news. Independent left dot news.
1: Indie left media.
0: Independent left, indie left. Indie left. independent left news. Indie left. Independent left news. Independent left
1: media. Indie media. Indie, indie, indie left. Indie
0: indie. Indie indie left news. Indie left. Hi indie. Indie left
1: news. Subscribe to indie news
0: network. We're world building. Your your way of assisting, I feel like, is really cool. IndependentLeft.News IndependentLeft.News He created INN The founder of uh, Independent News Network Indy is the founder of Indie News Network Thank you IndependentLeft.News A huge thank you and shout out to Indy Left
1: Everyone check out Indie Left News Hey Indy Left IndependentLeft.News Indy Hi Indy Indy, Le- Indy Left Indy Left News Indie News Independent Media Independent Left News has done an amazing job Oh Fiorella, thank you so much. I love that theme song so much. Thank you, Jimmy, for, for hooking that up, really. Everybody's so amazing. Uh, those are all friends, family, and people that we cover on Independent Left News. Um, Valerie, welcome to chat. Welcome everybody into chat. Um, hey, Reef, what's going on, dude? I've barely seen you all day, no, uh, which, which is rare for, no. for us, but, but happens occasionally. I see Chris Legion was actually in the theme song, too. We got him in there. Um, nice. Oh, let's see, we are live everywhere, that's good Um, Of course, the restream chat is not telling me how many we have, but that's okay Oh, Les Bones is here, Bones, we got Jesse, oh no, that was from last night Les Bones and Jesse, and that was closing out Warren's You know what, if I open this back up, maybe it will work Let's see Uh, Okay, so, welcome everybody to How Did We Miss That? And how do we miss that? It's a show and podcast streaming live on Rockfin, YouTube, Twitch, Rumble, Facebook, Twitter, Odyssey, and Telegram. Sunday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 Pacific. Available on, on all your favorite podcast platforms, too. We're live on Substack. We're live everywhere. Um, co-hosted by me, I'm Indy. This is, I'm the founder and, and editor of Independent Left News and Leftist.Today Substack. And then I got this guy next to me. He's Reef Breeland. He's INN's technical director. And he's the host of Reef for After Dark and the INN News on Indie News Network. We are also both founding members of the Indie News Network, which is a collaborative family of 23, count them, 23 independent content creators, one of the largest independent uh, networks out there. All the stories that you're going to see this week were featured in IndependentLeft.News this week between Sunday and Friday. It is literally impossible to keep up with this fire hose of developing news on IndieLeft.News all week long. So I just grabbed like four stories out of the hundreds that I didn't see really anybody else uh, talking about. And then one that we did. Uh, but I, I think that there's a lot of mm-hmm. questions about what's going on with the railroads. So I wanted to talk a lot about what's happening with the rails. Um, please make sure share this link. RLA. She's the best. She rated us the other night. It was so, I was so grateful. We had the Amazon stream. Holy crap. We had fired Amazon workers talking about some of the things they're doing and they're still there organizing with their, with their former coworkers and it's so inspiring what they're doing. And it's, they're they're literally pushing a rock up a hill every day. And I have such, such respect and such credit that goes out to them. Uh, And I, and I appreciate them coming on INN and we're going to have them on more often. And we're going to be able to, we're going to share out their stories and we're going to hear from Amazon warehouse workers more often. Um, Again, thank you to big man crab who made our thumbnail for tonight and he's our creative director. He makes all our thumbnails. Jimmy, for the trailer, like I said, Jimmy Sunderland, at Image Productions, I-M-I-J Productions. Go follow her on Twitch, as well as on the Twitters and on Instagram. I think she's even on Facebook. Phantom Phanto does the video editing. Fred Edward does Twitter and Facebook. So does resident skeptic Chris Gilman, who also does some Instagram stuff, but some stories. And uh, holy shit, we're here. It's another week, man. How you doing? Oh, as I have mm-hmm. you take a as I have you take a drink. That's the perfect timing to ask you, what's going yes, on, sir? man? <laughs>
0: not, not much. Just trying to avoid nature's wrath. Yes, you know. yes. Reef is um, in the path
1: of a hurricane right now, potentially. A little, really little fun. A little concerned um, about that.
0: Yep, cynic's right here with me. I'm sure she's in the chat somewhere tonight.
1: I'm I'm sure um, she is, and praying for everybody out there. Uh, JB down in Orlando as well. I know he's uh. We're we're a little concerned there. Yeah, he's
0: worried about it, too.
1: Yep. Yeah, I watched his stream today. By the (laughs) way, he had Pashaun Brown's sister, Tina, on, and it was really emotional Mm. and gut-wrenching, and it's important to hear her story, and I will definitely be reaching out, and we'll share her story out, and we'll have her on and and let her talk about what's happened. And, and again, she talked about what's incredible, how much she still wants to work at Amazon and how much she still doesn't want to break Amazon, but wants at least to have justice for her sister. And we all want hashtag justice for Prashan. Um, It's it's a very sad story where she was administering COVID tests like in January of 2021, wasn't feeling well, came down with, with something. They never even did an autopsy because the family couldn't afford it. Um, She literally went to work one day and, and, and didn't wake up the next. And it's, it's just a a horrible story and uh, we feel totally awful and she should be here today. And um, I don't know why I'm hearing a little bit of echo on my thing again. So anyway, uh, Kelly Um, M. Thank you so much. Kelly is one of our patrons and thank you. Shout out to the patrons. You see our wonderful patrons in the ticker at the bottom. Um, And we've got Dougie G. We've got our Radical Leftist Agenda and Lesbos. Our patrons are also Mickey. people who show up every week in, in our chats, and they're part of the family, and we really appreciate and love you guys. Uh, we've got Rick and Rick M. I see Rick Solis is here tonight. Good to see you, bro. What's up, Rick Solis? What's up, dude? Uh, signs, we're carrying signs now. Hi, everybody. Valerie, it's so good to see you again. Uh, I haven't seen you in a little bit, so I'm so glad you're here.
0: And I have got a I few. sing that Winehouse song every time.
1: Right, Val. Oh, that's a great song. Um, so let's go over to. Yeah. Oh my God, when when he did that at Warren Palooza, oh my God, it 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 was definitely in my head. It was great. Um, yes, yes, he did. Uh, He. I was just talking Rick about that interview earlier today, and how we're gonna have (laughs) have have Tina on as well at some point. I already reached out to JB. Um, so again, we've got some really kick ass stories, some interesting stories. We're going to talk about organized labor and a story from Hamilton Nolan over at in these times. A quick story at first is about, about Starbucks and what, and I know we've been talking a lot about what Starbucks is doing, but we're going to continue to stay on that story. And then we're going to get deep into what's happening with the rails and what is happening with these rail workers that are absolutely being squeezed and, and set up to be screwed over. Um, and again, shout All out right. to Crab for our, for our thumbnail. I was like, 52, hmm, 52 cards and a deck of, 52 cards and a deck of cards. Maybe we should make the thumbnail around, somehow centered around that. And this is what he came up with. And just genius stuff. Love that dude. So great. So, again, we've got our continued illegal treatment of workers from Howard Schultz and Starbucks Management. All right. So, no regard for the law. Starbucks is still denying union workers new paid leave benefits. What? Of course, their goal is to retaliate and punish union use, uh, retaliate against and punish union stores. Saying claim Starbucks United uh, Workers United and follow them at SB Workers United on Twitter. Give them a shout. That's our friend Jake Johnson over at Common Dreams. There's, there's Howard Schultz. He's intending an event there. But <clears throat> Starbucks management reportedly planning. deny new pay leave benefits to unionized workers, another wrinkle in the company's aggressive and unlawful campaign to stomp out organizing momentum nationwide. According to an internal memo attained by More Perfect Union, again, uh, Prashan's sister Tina was shouting out More Perfect Union today and the work that they've done in in, in, in amplifying that story as well as the story of all the workers nationwide. Starbucks is set to announce Monday that it's ending COVID-19 sick pay benefits that that offered employees two five-day rounds of paid per leave, paid leave per quarter if they got sick or were exposed. Okay, that, that sounds reasonable. Right, the memo adds that Starbucks intends to unveil new paid leave benefits that include faster sick time accrual. However, the document states specifically the company will attempt to exclude unionized workers from the new benefits, citing federal labor law requiring management to bargain with unions over any changes to wages, benefits, and working conditions. Except they don't bargain with the union. And here's the rub. Yeah. Right? Starbucks, which is currently led again by billionaire CEO Howard Schultz, who also founded the company, I'm pretty sure, um, insists that it's barred mm-hmm. by federal law from making or announcing unilateral changes, even as it unilaterally moves to end COVID-19 benefits for both unionized and non-union employees. How does that happen? The memo suggests that Starbucks is legally permitted. The unilaterally strip unionized stores of the current COVID leave benefits, but ban from implementing the new benefits in these stores? Does that work? Starbucks Workers United, again, the group leading the organizing campaign that's racked up more than 220 union wins across the U.S. since December, and I believe they work closely with SEIU. Uh, They immediately slammed the memos for other evidence that they have no regard for the law. Yeah, because they write the laws, because Howard Schultz is a huge Democratic Party donor. Well, we're demanding that Starbucks bargain over their attempts to end COVID paying benefits. Uh, they, they were interesting how Starbucks claims to not legally be able to give us new benefits in the same letter that they unilaterally take away benefits. You know, if Starbucks actually believed that they couldn't give union stores new benefits unilaterally, they wouldn't be unilaterally stripping them of our benefits now. They continued... Their goal is to retaliate against and punish union stores. Again, I don't think this is really much of a surprise to anybody, but I wanted to keep going and keep this story alive and keep it afloat. And it's they're they're pushing every day. No stores are filing, but Starbucks is still closing stores, they're still firing union union organizers, and now they're using tactics like this. Their latest anti union move, like mm-hmm. I said, comes as they face an NLRB complaint for illegally denying unionized workers' wage and benefit boosts that it provided to non-union employees. Hearing in the case is scheduled for October 25th. Nice. I hear that bubbly. Did you put like what? the mic? Oh, sorry. Did you put the microphone all
0: close to that no. or something? Wow, that was really no, loud. It's just a bigger, it's just not my normal, it's not my normal piece. Wow, that was, uh, that was really loud, right? So. This is the one I'm doing today. Mm, (laughs) I this is the one I normally do, yeah. So a little bit more water in there. Um, Okay, I
1: got you. So
0: Bloomberg Law reported earlier this week that Workers United President, International President Lynn
1: Fox, sent a letter to Starbucks on behalf of union stores, waiving their right to bargain over the pay and benefit changes, and calling for the company to provide them to union stores as well. Wait, they they're waiving their right to bargain over the pay and benefit changes. So they're basically just accepting Mm that, and still they're not getting it. So an attorney who represents Starbucks Workers' United in California and Arizona told them that Schultz's stated reason for not affording wage increases and benefits to union stores was wiped out once the union presented its waiver. But the minute the union gave the waiver, he can give those wages and benefits, but if he did that, it would undercut the entire motivation of this policy, which is to discourage unionization. All
0: right, one thing. Go ahead.
1: That's all good. So their their new plan, their plan for new sick leave benefits was reported just days after the Biden White House facilitated a deal between rail carriers and unions that, at least temporarily, averted a nationwide rail strike. Hmm. We're gonna talk about that in a minute. Right. At the center of the years long labor dispute was paid sick leave, which, unlike wealthy countries, other wealthy countries, we don't guarantee. So again, they want paid sick leave. <laughs> The rail workers, we're going to talk about their their sick leave too. This, as much as anything that's been written, emphasizes the US, the need for the U.S. to guarantee sick workers some form of paid sick days and paid medical family leave leg- legislation. the The question is: Is that federally sponsored and supported? Because, and you require a business to pay sick leave. I, I don't, I don't know here if you can do that in the United States. Like, I, I. It's a real question
0: like I, I i don't know legally if if, if yeah, but why well because the way the laws but are to written, allow what demand sick leave i mean it depends on the state probably but like if you're a like it's not necessarily legally it's the fact that like i mean if they're if they already gave you sick leave like if that's already a thing that you were supposed to have and you're not getting that you know um I'm sure that can be some like it'd be like almost false advertising probably. Right. You know? I, I I yeah, uh, I don't
1: know. I and I'm guessing that the that the union workers probably have a lawsuit against Starbucks for providing unequal treatment against other workers, except that they all voted to unionize when those vote, when those workers didn't. And that's gonna be what Starbucks intends. And they're effectively gonna use the union uh, the union stuff against them, is what it sounds like. And that's pretty freaking gross in my mind uh wait wait why is that there that doesn't belong there
0: um it could belong there everything belongs somewhere it
1: definitely did not belong there um because we're we're, i wanted to check out the rock fin
0: fred edward over on the rock fin non-inclusive of you
1: yes that no that was that well i was covering your face so it was not inclusive but it was actually helping you out bro um <laughs> whatever. Oh, we got Joe. Uh STF you too. Electric Boogaloo. Because they Electric can't keep boogalos? a good man down. Son of a bitch. Those mm-hmm. sons of bitches. Those NAFO doggies. Those those little bitches. Um mm, they report they they mass, mass- no, report no, our brother teamers. Joe, the, the Shiba Inus you know, the uh the the State Department. You know, whatever NED, it, 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 CIA, USAID, you, you name the freaking, uh, you know, the initial letters uh, agency, but that's who's sponsoring mm-hmm. all of a sudden. NATO, NATO, who knows? But um brutal. So they got rid of our friend, our friend Joe. Hey, and we got we got extra booyah over on the Rockfin. Go sign up uh, rockfin dot slash extra booyah. He just hit his thousand follower. We just hit 2,000, so thank you, everybody, for that. Really appreciate that. Uh, we have got mm-hmm. Joe here. So if you check out STFU Shitlib 2 and put the number 2 at the end, because the other one is now Zap, all his video, well, some of his videos are still on the INN YouTube. They're still on the INN um, Facebook. And now I've got some up on the INN Instagram as well, Instagram.com slash IndieNews.network. Anyway, don't put the timer on. No, uh, that what? that I won't. that's a reference to the timer. So, uh, inn did a rando roundtable stream last, the
0: Jeopardy theme.
1: last Thursday night, and and every time I got into pitch mode and I started plugging other stuff, Reef would put a timer up to see how long it would take me to actually get through it, which was funny, but yeah, not so funny. Answers cost five bucks. That's right, Fred.
0: Or anyway. <laughs> or or I could just get the thing they play at the end of like an Oscar speech. Right. Exactly. The the, the get yeah. the hell off the stage music. Yep. Sure.
1: So next story, again, this is where I've been like, what is going on with the rails? Everybody's talking about these guys striking and how badly they're getting screwed. And let's, let's get into like what the hell's going on here. So first thing is I don't necessarily always, I'm not always a huge fan of WSWS lately. However, when it comes to um, rank and file employees and what's happening from the perspective of management is screwing people over, they usually have it pretty well. So what they're doing here, and Tom Hall, I I give him a lot of credit. He actually gave the microphone to the workers. It's kind of like what we did this week at INN, and we let them talk. So they're furious after last week's White House broker deal. What are they saying? Well, let's start, all right? It's bad enough that Congress wanted to take away our ability to strike, but now our own unions did the same thing. Here's a machinist. I'm a machinist with eight years of of service. We're sick of our upper parts of the union agreeing to anything without any kind of vote. 90% of our shops craft our FMLA in order to take leave without being reprimanded. We shouldn't have to go to these extremes. 100%. West Virginia, and this goes on. I've got stories upon stories. You can't even imagine. It's bad enough that Congress wanted to take away our ability to strike. But now our own unions did the same thing. All they did was give the companies and government more time to prepare against a strike by kicking the can down the road a bit. An old saying keeps ringing in my head: "Strike while the iron is hot." By delaying it with promises of of a TA, you know, a, uh, th- then people are, will say it's going to be weeks before we can view and vote on it. Our unions giving them time to prepare for the next rounds of war. The companies don't care one bit about their workers, so we should use what power we have to force the issues we're facing upon them rather than idly sit back and wait. Yeah. Here's an Indiana railroad railroader. Quote The railroad has received record profits on the backs of the hardworking teeny people. Give us a better schedule, give us better give us time off to take care of our declining health and stop raising our insurance. I also feel the union dues are going to increase just as soon as a contract is signed, the railroad owns us. Our time is no longer our own. I knew that going into this job 19 years ago, but I thought it was going to be worth it. This job's only gotten worse as every year passes. The pay's no longer worth all the bullshit you have to put up with. Uh, Tara, welcome. Tara Reeds in the house. Just Tara, I love you. Uh, this whole fake contract settlement doesn't surprise me one bit. Joe Biden and his constituents haven't told the truth about anything as far as I'm concerned. Hell, they still deny that inflation's high. Our unions openly supported this president during the election, so none of this smoke and mirrors surprises me. In order to avoid a strike just before the election, corruption and corporate greed are running rampant in this country, all on the backs of the working people. Enough is enough to compensate mm-hmm. us. I mean, they, these, are this, these are the words of the workers themselves. Here's an Oregon Railroad. And again, all these people are uh, spoke anonymously because they don't want to be retaliated against. The union sold us out. The government sold us out to fill their own pockets. I hope Biden, Warren, and Sanders were all very comfortable on their knees under that CEO's desk. Yikes. We've got a local union rep in Oklahoma sent the following statement. I work on call 24-7 with no assigned or guaranteed days off. This is what's remarkable. And this is the truth. There is an availability policy the railroad imposed that we didn't agree to in any way. They intentionally do not specify what the limits are on missing work, They use the terms frequent, excessive, and pattern of days, yet under questioning, the company witness, a manager, refuses to answer how many days are considered frequent or excessive and what a pattern is. There is intentionally no line in the sand. This means they can charge anyone for missing any days. This is railroad abuse. This is how they scare us, by firing one person for missing work and making an example out of him. And we heard the same stuff when we were talking to the Amazon workers on Thursday, me and Colin. Go back and check out that stream if you can. Quote, as for this tentative national contract, of which there is no copy to see, it is garbage. We did not want what our, what our union leaders settled for. My terminal and my local are overwhelmingly against it. We've lost much more than 24% in pay over the years, and we certainly should be able to strike without politicians getting in our way. The RLA. Ha! Ah! has been manipulated against Mm -hmm. us. RLA! Uh, Not that RLA, but radical leftist agenda is in the chat. Love you, Nikki. I don't think he's talking about you. (laughs) It needs to be spread far and wide that we far outnumber them and that we have the power in our numbers. Corporate greed has all but wiped out the middle class, and our union leadership has helped them. Washington's even worse, and when you consider that the very party... That's supposed to stand with labor only pretends to help us because they want our money, then it seems hopeless. So let's shut the railroads down for a time and they'll be brought to their knees. We need another eighteen seventy seven strike. We need a revolution. And not of the carnation variety. So We need a revolution. Looks like y'all ready for a revolution. We need a revolution. Union Insider explains oh. how bureaucrats' raises are at stake in the contract, right? So WSWS also received the following anonymous tip from someone who attended the Brotherhood of Railway Signalmen Convention earlier this year. I, along with over 100 other signal workers, was at the Brotherhood Signal Convention in, uh, in June of 2022. Our national hmm. guys, the Grand Lodge, pushed through a hotly contested amendment to the BRS Constitution which was billed as a pay rate structure change. It was basically a huge raise for everyone in the national office, and the move raised nearly half the delegates. It was amended several times and finally passed. For years, their raises have been directly tied to general wage increases that they secured for the majority of their members nationally. If they got us a 10% raise, then they get a 10% raise. That doesn't change, but in addition to this this general wage increase, uh, increase, the GWI increase, this new restructuring of the pay system will bump all the Grand Lodge guys up substantially more in addition to the GWIs. They get
0: two raises this time. Of course. Hmm.
1: Wonder why that is. is. However, due to a technicality in the rush job that was done on one of the amendments to the BRS Constitution at the last second, we discovered a big problem just recently. Their secondary raise will not take effect unless and until the membership ratifies the current PA. Which is the 2019 bargaining round, the current the key word is ratify. If the membership votes down the TA and Congress imposes an agreement, then our national leaders don't get the double pay raises. Further reason for them to vote down the TA. So this is why they are pushing the members to vote for the TA and why they will not strike. It has to be ratified, or they don't get their extra money. Yep. <clears throat> The members need to know this, but we can't put anything out because they'll blackball us due to a no circular provision in our Constitution.
0: So this is the cliff notes. It's it's pretty much like what the union leaders are going to make far more money off this deal than the actual workers, and that's why they're pushing it. They're getting a bonus.
1: Basically, they're getting a bonus. By getting this thing signed, they're all getting raises to their salary on top of the same percentage wage increase for their union leaders. Right, leader Of oh, the salary. workers,
0: were right. yeah, gotcha. And then on top gotcha. of that, wow.
1: Now, I don't know how long it's been since those guys have received uh, you know, raises for their union leadership positions. Now, also, we all have bad backs, necks, elbows, because we're doing all the work of two or more men because— Railroaders also continue to send in descriptions of terrible working conditions. Hmm. Again, of course they do. Very similar to Amazon. An Ohio railroader says mm-hmm. attendance policies put in place by these carriers have got us in balls and chains nowadays. Okay, and the union fails to do anything about it. We get penalized for using Family Medical Leave Act. I. Some get fired for so-called abuse. Railroaders like myself gets twenty dollars for meals up to twenty-four hours at. Away from our home terminal. The rest is straight out of our pockets. Yeah, $20 for meals? For, 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 for a day? What are they eating? Okay, this is what really needs to change, along with the strict attendance policies that are being shoved down our throats and get worse every year. Brutal. A Northern Indiana Railroader. Working conditions are tough. We have no manpower. We're expected to do the same or more work with less guys. When I started in 2014, we had 14 guys for 130 miles of track. Now we have seven who were expected to do the same amount of work, and two of those guys are track inspectors, so that leaves five for actual work. Five people, Damn. 130 miles of track. Do you feel safe on the rails? I wouldn't. Our tools are outdated. Management's so incompetent, they couldn't plan a kid's birthday. We work long hours in the elements, and because of all this, our health pays for it. Again, bad backs, necks, knees, elbows, because we're all doing the work of two or more. Now, we're not soft down here by any means, but us what we're worth. This contract that's stuck in the 1970s needs an overhaul. Three weeks vacation on your eight-year with no sick days is ridiculous. No sick days! McDonald's employees get more than that. Again, not to knock employees. The airline pilots union got roughly an 80% raise in their contract. But I'll stop going on. It's time to strike. Here's a signalman. Union Pacific. Doing the job 15 years. Watching this company force employees to quit with precision scheduled railroading and by uh, by only opening jobs where they knew they'd have to move themselves and their families. Strategy to make people quit all during COVID at the peak of you, uh, of their record cars being moved. Record profits, and we're mm-hmm. going to talk about that, too.
0: That's next. I'm sure that affects supply chain, too. Mm, well, of course. On top of all that.
1: Sure, of course. At the same time, they restructured the hotel list we had to stay at with hotels that were not at par to stay at. For example, one area, there were three hotels at the corporate lodging list before the restructure, comfort in, days in, and super Eight. That's not exactly luxury stuff, Right. We were told we couldn't stay there because Mm -hmm. only managers or directors are now able to stay there. The hotel was only charging $70 a night. The others are $20. Mind you, COVID was just starting to go through the U.S. like wildfire. I felt unsafe staying at the other hotels. I asked the manager, please don't make us stay here. Told me it was policy. Who approves the list? He does. And it was all about saving money. This has been awful the last five years and it's only going to get worse.
0: Bro. Like what? It's policy. Who makes the policy? Well, me. But look, don't worry about it. Well, like like look, it's him, except that he has a
1: boss. Look, he. You know who owns the railroads? Warren Buffett owns the railroads. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Berkshire Hathaway. Well, I'm owns, sorry. Warren Buffet owns. owns You've mispronounced Bru- it. He owns Burlington Northern Santa Fe. He owns CSX. He owns a lot—all these major rail carriers are consolidated and now owned by Berkshire Hathaway, which is controlled and owned by Warren Buffett. Here, I'm a member of the Brotherhood oh, of mean,
0: Maintenance Way. Railroad barons are going to be fucking terrible. Who would have thunk? Right? Who would have thunk? These actions by the railroads have got us to the
1: breaking point. I see all these articles about our wages getting increased, et cetera, but I've yet to see anyone talk about the taxes we have taken out of our checks during after our federal, state, Medicare, union dues, medical insurance— we end up with 45% of our check. So, yeah, the wages are also are so great, right? We try right. to make the rail safe so there are no bad derailments in these towns and cities. But when it comes time to do it, they say, no, nah, we're going to delay it another month, week, year. There are spots out there where we're surprised we haven't seen big pileups. But yet again, moving that freight is more important. I don't know how many more to- how many times I've heard that over the course of my 20-year career. These are not like... This is serious shit. And every time these train derailments happen, again, supply chain issues are happening. Are they unhappy about that? Well, some people are, but it's certainly insurance companies end up getting their grease, you know, their stuff greased. The premiums go up, all kinds of things happen. People need to open their eyes. We're not the enemy here. Corporate greed is what's going to destroy this country. Let the rich succeed. Well, what what used to be the middle class suffers. We worked day and night through the whole pandemic and we got nothing. All we got was get your ass to work. We didn't have time for sniffles, suck it up and get to it. Someone would come into work and spread mm-hmm. COVID. So instead of one guy being off, there were five or six or sometimes more. The workload never changes. Yep. More with less is the same, is the way we work now. I think we've all had enough. Yep. The unions don't want to back us. They're worried about politics. Enough is enough. Give us what we deserve. With or without the union These railroads can get shut down And we can all just walk off the day For the day or so What are they going to do? Fire and arrest 135,000 of us all at once We'd like to see them try No you would not Honestly I think that That's emotion They think there will be a crisis if we mm-hmm. strike Wait till everyone walks out and this country will be really screwed Sign hundreds of thousands of rail employees Um. Yep I, I, I'm I, with them, man. Spit um, it out. I think they would arrest 135,000 rail employees and force them to go to work. I really do. Sure. That's my worry. They, they think that these, you know, if 135,000 people decided not to go to work simultaneously, I think they would send the cops after them. I really do. To go to well, I mean, they did, they,
0: they did this. They're called Pinkerton police. Like that's yes, mm-hmm. we we've dealt with this before. I mean, so, stories of strapping Gatling guns to the back of stuff, and you know.
1: So, like we talked like, about again, we've heard from the perspective of the rail workers, and I thought that was most important to start by hearing from them directly. What do they feel like doing? Mm-hmm. How are they feeling about this now? It's not over. While while Biden runs around touting the rail deal, workers have yet to vote, and many remain skeptical. So again, now this is common dreams, and again, this is in these times picked up by common dreams. National rail strike could still be on the table if the rank-and-file workers reject the tentative agreement announced by the White House. So Biden took the victory lap on Thursday. We know after his admin helped broker a deal to stave off what would have been the first national freight railroad strike in 30 years. But the potential crisis isn't over until rank-and-file rail workers vote on whether to approve the agreement, which could take weeks. Which we know the Brotherhood of Locomotive Engineers and Trainmen said until railroad workers in the coming days can digest this and have their questions answered. There's no consensus able to build on whether this is a good deal, bad or ugly. Okay, so that's that's the Teamsters guys. Um, the tentative agreement reached to early Thursday, covers 60,000 workers. With with the BLET and sheet metal, uh, air rail and transportation workers. What are they? the Smart TD? Two of twelve rail unions that have been in contract negotiations with the major freight rail carriers for nearly three years, while all the other unions had already reached tentative deals. The BLET and Smart TD were the last holdouts. So now they've got that done. Okay, and these okay. So the president Dennis Pierce said. That in accordance with the union's internal processes, the tentative agreement will first be reviewed by the union's general chairman, will finalize the document before it's sent out to the membership for ratification via mail. And again, we now know that these guys are all due to get extra bonuses and extra raises if they can get this over the hump. So now they have all the incentive in the world yep. to get this done. So, quote, this is probably going to take three to four weeks to fully get into, to get full details into members' hands. Not a delay tactic, it's just the way the process works. Everyone needs to remain calm because they will have their data at to the exercise their democratic rights on whether they want this to be their contract or not. Yeah, but the question is, is, how prepared are they going to be when it comes to striking? And how prepared is management and the country going to be? And, and will it still have the same effect as if they had gone on strike last Friday? At the center of the labor dispute right. is the draconian attendance policies, which, again, don't allow workers to take sick leave and forcing them to be on call 24-7. In recent decades, major Class 1 rail carriers like Burlington Northern Santa Fe, Union Pacific, Norfolk Southern, and CSX have all implemented precision scheduled railroading, a kind of lean production, just-in-time model designed to maximize shareholder profits by slashing expenses. Because of PSR cost-cutting, over the past six years, the major Class 1 railroads like BNSF like, and those guys have slashed their collective workforce by 29% leaving the industry woefully understaffed and putting extra strain on workers already accustomed to long irregular hours. Wow, where have we heard this before? It sounds like we were just hearing this, right? So here's an engineer who's saying we used to work much more flexible attendance policies. We could self-select when we needed time off for ourselves and families within reason before these carriers embraced PSR and started clamping down on these attendance policies. Again, we heard this at the um, Nabisco plant. We heard this at the Frito-Lay plant, 84-hour work weeks. While PSRs harm workers, shippers, and consumers, it's led it has led to the rail carriers recording record profits with shareholders raking in $183 billion in buybacks and dividends since 2010. Since 2020, two coalitions, 12 unions, dubbed the United Rail Unions, have been in negotiations with the major railroad companies represented by the National Carriers Conference Committee, right? I mean, this is mm-hmm. again, this is nothing new. But alongside sick and sick leave and holidays, other key issues at the negotiating table have included wages, health care, and staffing. With the rail carriers demanding that freight train crews be reduced from two workers to just one, they want to cut even more. These sons of bitches. They're not making yep. enough money. A hundred billion dollars is not enough money. In an early effort to avert a strike. Okay, this July, Biden appointed a presidential emergency board. This is brutal. Watch this one. Consisting of three labor law experts for the purpose of, of determining and examining the dispute and proposing a fair settlement. Now, remember that what these guys have been going through, right? After a month-long investigation, mm-hmm. the PEP issued its report on August 16th while recommending a headline-grabbing 24% compounded wage increase within the next 18 months. The emergency board called on the unions to withdraw their demands for paid sick leave and, attended hol- and added holidays while also refusing to make recommendations on train crew size. Wait a minute. So at least you you can, which means that they're woefully underpaid a lot more than the 24%. The 24% was just a pince. Yeah. Just to say, look, man, right. we know you guys have been underpaid probably by 100%. Well, we'll say 24%, and you're not getting your sick pay. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. These guys are garbage. Thanks, Joe Biden. Let's go, Brandon. All right. The next day, the rail carriers declared that they were prepared to meet with the rail unions and reach agreements on, based on the PEB report without delay. Mm, I wonder if people who worked for Berkshire Hathaway are actually in the Biden White House. But some rank and file railroad workers took to social media to express their disgust at the emergency board's recommendations, angry that they didn't resolve central issues around leave and attendance. In a survey of over 3,000 rail workers from multiple unions conducted in late August by Railroad Workers United and Interunion Crosscraft Solidarity Caucus of rank-and-file railroaders, whopping 93% of respondents said they would vote to reject the PEB recommendations if they were offered as a tentative contract agreement. One phase from the PEB's report particularly stood out to many workers, offering a clear picture of what their employees think of them. Carriers maintained that capital investment and risk are the reasons for their profits, not any contributions by labor. Workers mean nothing to them. It really shows how out-of-touch rail carriers are, to say that out loud. We as workers are fighting for human dignity at this point, just to be recognized as part of the reason that these carriers are extremely profitable. Gross. Yeah, seriously, Lisa. Yep. Okay, so... In the weeks after the PEB report, most of the unions reached tentative agreements with the railroads based on the Emergency Board's recommendations. Garbage! They set the goalposts! So far, at least two unions have ratified their agreements, the the TCU and the Brotherhood of Railway Carmen, the the, the BCR, the BRC. But members of the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace, Aerospace Workers, District 19, voted to reject their tentative deal, delaying a possible strike, by that particular union till December 20 till September 29th, others are still in the process of voting. Right? So, again, entering the week with a potential strike on the horizon on September 16th, only Smart T D and the B L E T, the two largest rail unions, still did not have tentative agreements. In an apparent attempt to ratchet up the pressure, the rail carriers announced embargoes of fertilizer, ammonia, and other chemical products crucial to ag- agriculture while Amtrak began canceling long-distance passenger service. right. So again, what the union heads are saying that the railroads are using shippers, consumers, and the supply chain of our nation as pawns in an effort to get our unions to cave into their contract demands, knowing that our members would never accept them. Our unions will not True. cave yep. into these scare tactics. Congress must not cave into what can only be described as corporate terrorism. It's extortion. On Wednesday, citing the economic disruption that a, rail, that a rail strike would cause, Senate Republicans attempted to end the negotiations by forcing the, the P.E.B.'s recommendations out of the unions, a, a, blue, a, blo- a move that was blocked by Bernie. Now, Bernie got to step up and be the hero for a day. Bernie Bernie, Bernie mm-hmm. got to be the hero. Why? Because he got to say no, no to Republicans. So he got permission from Joe Biden to be the hero. All right? The CEOs yep. of the freight rail industry need to understand that they cannot have it all. They cannot have it all. The rail industry must agree to a contract that is fair and is just. And if they are not prepared to do, to do just that, it is time for Congress to stand on the side of workers for a change. Yeah, right. You gaslighting like, motherfucker. If a railroad strike yep. is going to devastate the economy, oh no, this is somebody else. If a railroad strike is going to devastate the economy, then why doesn't the government clip the wings of these Fortune 500 comp- companies that are pushing us to these kinds of limits? That question is never asked. Why? Because they're the donors. Early Thursday morning, after a marathon bargaining session in D.C., convened by Marty Walsh, who's a labor secretary, and included Biden's personal involvement, the unions and rail carriers reached a tentative deal that goes above the PEB's recommendations by reportedly allowing workers to take voluntarily assigned days off and one additional paid personal day per year. Oh, yeah, you're on call 24-7. You want that job? I don't. In a joint statement, Ferguson mm, and no. Pierce explain that for the first time ever the, joint, the agreement provides our members with the ability to take time away from work. They're selling this as a good thing from, to, to attend to routine and preventive medical care as well as exemptions from attendance policies for hospitalizations and surgical procedures. How fucking benevolent. The deal also protects two-person right, no, crews
0: they're okay. saying that's that's your volunteer so it's like we, it's like they're saying we already give you this volunteer time you can use that now for like medical procedures isn't that nice it's like what
1: the deal also protects two portion crews anyway. for the indefinite future according to the union presidents but of course we know what their vague language what does that mean what is indefinite mhm these rail workers will get better pay, improved working conditions. And be- oh goodness, gaslighting Joe! All right, all right, all hard earned. Yes, yep. it is hard earned, but they're, they they they're not getting paid nearly. enough. I thank the unions and rail companies for negotiating in good faith. Yeah, not for making you look bad in election year, you fucking clown. And reaching a tentative agreement that will uh-huh. keep our critical rail system working and avoid a disruption of our, our economy and the entire world turning against you. Biden. a shit, right? I'm blaming Joe Biden mm-hmm. because I couldn't get that shit down. Yep. All right. It's not over. Again, the tentative agreement must now go out to the union membership for review and approval, which could take several weeks. Now it's up to the now it's up to the rank to the rank and file union members to evaluate this deal and determine whether it works for them. I will respect and support whatever decision they make. They're going to be forced into signing this thing, you fucking clown. Because their union leaders have a huge raise at stake to get it signed. They're going to force these guys to do it. They will threaten you, they will gaslight you, they will lie to you, and they will get you to agree to this. Without the precise contract language in front of them, rebel workers have many questions about the details of the tentative agreement, including exactly how many assigned days off will work. Some have already suggested on social media that they'll vote to reject the deal. I hope so. OK, mm-hmm. all these guys is, are saying that they've they're, they're skeptical because they've been lied to so much by politicians, union leaders and other powers that be. But BLET President Pierce stressed that union leadership has been hard at work communicating with the members about negotiations throughout the bargaining process and will continue to do so. Sure, you gaslighting son of a bitch. If they vote, if they want to vote no, they can vote no. If they want to vote yes, they can vote yes. That really sounds like you care. We're not trying to impose anything. Yep. Yeah, no, you're not. Yes, you are, you clowns. We're trying to give them a chance to decide their future. Yes, but you're not giving them all the facts, and you're completely not negotiating in good faith and on their behalf. But they can't do that based on an emotional decision. See that? An emotional he's already gaslighting them, these sons of bitches. Yep. If if the tentative agreement's rejected, the railroads may again <laughs> be headed for a national strike or lockout later this year unless Congress imposes the agreement. And guess what's gonna happen? They're going to. We're following the law. We're going to be communicating with the members. They didn't give up their right to strike. If the majority votes no, we'll be right back in about eight weeks' time to where we sat yesterday. The problem is, is that in eight weeks' time, the election's already over. They all know it. Yep. Even if we accept this agreement, this this made me madder than anything else. This guy already is agreeing, and he's he, he's settling, and he's already basically conceding to the fact that they're going to give this up. Even if we accept this agreement, it's not over. Okay, you're basically saying that they're accepting this agreement. We're still going to be fighting for basic mm-hmm. human dignity and to preserve our freight rail system and to make sure it functions safely. So, damn, yep. upsetting, I got to tell you. it's You can hear it. I'm so fired up about this. Um, I was in the steel mm-hmm. industry in my Way in my early 20s, about 25 years ago. Um, and I worked with, with long haul truckers. I worked with, with, with over the road carriers. I worked with traffic managers and I worked with ports and I worked with stevedores and I worked with all these guys and especially rail workers because we had to transport all of our, all of all of our coils and all of our bars by, by train. I mean, mm-hmm. the hardest working people dedicated, just all to the earth and just absolutely being screwed over. Screwed over. It's yep. Well, good chats jumping. I really, I really appreciate that. Lisa P bill Bradley. Good to see you, Mad mom and non. How are you? We got some, some, some different people. I appreciate that. They're all friends from, from RBN chats and everybody else. I'm so glad to see everybody here tonight. Thank you so much. Again, we want to talk about what's going on with these rails. Uh, I don't think enough platforms and enough, um, you know, uh, enough channels are talking about it and, and, It's really again. We we have to be focused on on workers, and I know we are, and INN certainly is. Um, Dear Brown, thank you for being here. Karen, how are you? Good to see you. She's got it. Zephyr Teachout really called Biden corrupt, and Bernie dumped her. Yes, that is exactly what happened. I want I want to put that one up there. Yep, I gotta find there. You go. Here's Karen's comment. She's got a weird fucking name. Yes, Karen uh... couldn't spell it. Smetanovska, Smetanovska, she has got it.
0: No, all not right. that. I'm talking. I'm being. I'm being. Oh, I'm being oh
1: Zephyr, teacher Ticha, Zephyr Ticha. She's, <laughs> right. got weird, she's got a she's weird got name. A, she's got a weird name. She certainly does. Yep. Um, so again, um, it's and and there's there's more to this. Okay, I've got one more part to the story. All right, and the third part is. The most infuriating of all, while fighting railroad, while fighting workers, railroads made over $10 billion in stock buybacks. And again, this is out of common dreams. Our research shows just how far railroad execs will go to funnel record profits. And again, that'll be in the, in the article. Same time they fought to deny sick days and other benefits to workers in the freight industry. Rail carrier executives have been rewarding shareholders with billions of dollars in stock buybacks and dividend bumps. What does that do? According to railroad operators, bad for workers, good for investors, a collection of data compiled by the Groundwork Collaborative and shared with Common Dreams on Monday, a handful of major rail companies reported more than $10 billion in buybacks and dividends over the first six months of 2022. Meanwhile, workers who try to visit a doctor amid a global pandemic continue to be disciplined, leading to higher staff turnover and soaring injury rates. Our research shows Mm. just how far railroad executives will go, like I said, to funnel record profits to their shareholders, even if that means stagnant wages, inhumane attendance attendance policies, and throwing our supply chain into further turmoil. Groundworks analysis, which is based on recent corporate earnings calls from Union Pacific, CSX, Canadian National Railway, and Norfolk Southern, sheds new light on the dynamics underlying rail rail workers' ongoing fight or safety and dignity in the workplace. When it comes to shoveling more money to investors, Groundwork found that Union Pacific is leading the pack in 2022. Rather than using billions mm. of dollars in revenue to pay job, to pay, to improve pay and job conditions, Union Pacific gave $5 billion to shareholders through buybacks and dividends in the first six months of this year alone. Would they take mm. 1 billion of that and pay some of their Employees a little bit more and give a day off
0: I think they could no 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 other giants in the
1: industry they're not far behind DSX for instance but nearly Mm -hmm. 3 billion in buybacks and dividends to investors from January through June while Canadian National Railway reported 2.3 billion in stock buybacks during the same period now what stock buybacks do is they take available stock off the market which artificially inflates the price of the available remaining shares in the market. I'm sure it's going to tell you that. Although exact figures weren't disclosed, Norfolk Southern's chief financial officer, Mark George, said on a, call, on a July call that shareholder distributions are up, and you'll observe here that the 19% higher dividend payments through six months on top of continued strong share repurchase activity. How could they do that? Well, they're doing that on the back to their workers. Railroads have been enjoying record profits after decades of deregulation, consolidation, and just-in-time practices known as, like we said, PRS. transformed the industry into what Sarah Miller, executive director of the American Economic Liberties Project, describes as another monopolized cash cow for Wall Street, which we see. Right? The safety of workers and communities, meanwhile, has been put in jeopardy by executives who fired workers and increased hours. And here's a David Dayen quote from American Prospect, right? And he's got a good article about how America's supply chains get railroaded. right? For their part, railroad executives have testified that the primary reason for their service failures for this year is a lack of workers. Yes, because they fired them all to boost their revenues. They gave out packages. Again, new analysis points out Union Pacific Chief Executive Officer Lance Fritz told investors on a July call company had cut staff by a third since 2018 and said, we've got to do some other unique and creative things with our labor unions in order to make our crews more available and more productive. Yeah, creative, like squeezing the fuck out of them and putting them on 24-7 call. I mean, these guys are not ambulance drivers. They're not firefighters. They, they should not have to be on call 24-7. There's no reason for this when a company is making hundreds of billions of dollars in profit a year.
0: I mean, who could pay multiple crews. I mean, mean,
1: it's $10 billion they made in buybacks, but what's their profit been? That's just the stock. That's just the money they use from their profits to buy back and take the stock off the market. He also said you need Pacific is prepared to make further staffing cuts during an economic downturn, asserting that conductorless trains would be better for the
0: conductor's quality of life. So now you're just
1: completely automating the whole thing. Yeah.
0: Automating it. it. They're like, all right, fuck it. The unions are coming, boys. we got to get robots. That's right. Robo
1: Robo trains. Robo trains, robo truckers, robo everything. Eliminate
0: every... You know know why, right? Because we're we're headed for Wall-E. Because they don't talk back. Well, no, because it's... It's all about geometry. Clearly. but Like for... for geometry.
1: Like for Union Pacific, CSX CEO James Foote told investors on a July call that workers at his company are not happy that they didn't get a raise for two and a half years and express hope that the PEP puts out a recommendation. That's a win-win for both sides. Yeah, right. Sure. Um, How much money did you guys put in the coffers (laughs) of Biden administration? TSX acknowledged that it's injury rate. Yep. Thank you, Misty. Shout out to Misty. We'll talk about her event on October 8th later on the CSX acknowledged that its injury rate in the second quarter increased modestly from the near record levels in the first quarter. Only for him to blame the company's staffing challenges on what he described as pandemic induced changes to employees work and lifestyle preferences. Yeah. It can't be the fact that you're again, offering 24 seven call with no sick days. Who the hell wants to go work for that? It's been somewhat of a surprise to all of us. The number of people that have dropped out after, again, going through all the classroom training, all the on-the-job training, and then working a few months and deciding they don't like railroading as a profession. Just moments after stagnant wages and unsafe conditions were discussed. He's blaming the workers. They go through all of this, and then they decide, how about the fact that they get their paycheck, and then they realize that they're fucked, and they talk to everyone who's been there 20 years. It's like, dude, run. Mark George, CFO mm-hmm. of, North, of North for Southern, meanwhile also attributed high attrition rates to the so-called lifestyle challenge occurring in a very unique labor market where everyone's looking for talent. Again, how the hell do you have a family when you're on call 24-7 working for a railroad? He did go on to at least acknowledge, however, that despite the very rich and attractive pay structure that the railroads offer, sometimes people would rather work in a more predictable schedule in warehousing or in-home construction where they can be nearby and where they can live and not stay in hotels and just not also be on call. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> Norfolk Southern's chief operating COO Cindy Sanborn said that company's looking into sign on attendance bonuses, retirement deferral and referral incentives. They're bringing back the old retirements and they're making them wait longer to boost hiring and retention. Yeah. But she didn't say anything about workers, fundamental demands for sick days, paid leave and other basic benefits revolving around better quality of life. What a surprise. Again, here's the extreme case. You've got Aaron Hiles. He died from a heart attack in June, weeks after postponing a doctor's appointment so that he wouldn't be penalized for time off at his job. This is just one of the tragedies at the heart of, at
0: least for the now, averted averted rail rail strike. I mean, just all all day. Last
1: week, labor lawyer Jenny Hunter and Perry Gerstein, right? Again, Harvard Law School's labor and work-life program argued in Slate that railroad companies nearly inflicted an economic catastrophe on the U.S. because they chose profit maximization over humane workplace policies. Yep. Right? Nationwide strike or lockout was was at least temporarily averted last Thursday when the Biden White House announced a tentative agreement. We know. That's a pair of unions representing of tens of thousands. As stressed, however... The proposed deal must still be approved by the rank and file members. <laughs> Shout out to them. Had it not been for Bernie Sanders' intervention, again, it would have been they would have been forced, which many workers found intolerable. Yeah, like... Because it excluded sick leave. Right?
0: Among other circumstances. Right. Yep. So um it's just I feel for these for these workers.
1: I mean, I don't know what the answer is cuz it's all corruption and greed at the top. The same people that have to regulate and police these guys and tell them what they need to do, they're the ones that end up getting paid off to not and look the other way and to screw over the workers. <laughs> and meanwhile, all these all these people get completely fucked over and they're dropping out of the <laughs> workforce and yeah, this this further compounds the supply chain. It further compounds to people getting kicked out of their homes because they can't afford their homes because they don't want to work for a railroad where they have to be on call twenty four seven. Yeah. I know it's heavy, um, and I know that one took a while, but I think it's really important to get into <laughs> what the Biden administration is doing to squeeze this, what the unions are doing to. To try to help the workers, but at the same time, what union leadership is doing to screw over the workers, and what their motivation is to do so, what they're gaining, what they have to gain. So, I think it's really important info. I don't, I haven't heard anybody else talking about the double pay from from the unions besides here. So, Derek, how are you? Welcome. We got Uncle Warren still here. Cool, cool, cool. We got one more story, and then we can get the boats. And this one is not that long of a story, and it's one that you and I are probably going to have screaming mm-hmm. on with the writer, who's actually one of the okay. best writers out there. Um, what do you think about the railroad shit?
0: Except for this one, and then he's a terrible writer on this story. Right? What?
1: What do you, What do you think about the the um. railroad workers? What do you What's their What's their move? I mean, how, how do they? I mean, other than withholding labor. Nationally, I mean, and do you think yeah. that, do you think that 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 they'd send the cops after these guys, similar to like a like an air air traffic controller, and say they're essential workers and they have to go to work, and then what?
0: Uh, do you want do you want people coming to work who wanted to be on strike, especially ones that are like, like charged
1: with the safety of moving massive equipment?
0: Yeah, I'm gonna leave a couple bolts loose after that. You know what I'm saying? Like right. You know, like I, I I'm just I, like, dude. I would anyway. Like this is how you, this is the resistance. You know, like the of all the jokes about resistance recently. Right. That's how you actually resist stuff. is every time they make you do something, do it as poorly and as terribly as possible. Like well, that's this whole know? quiet
1: quitting thing that everybody's been talking about too. We're, quiet um, quitting, right. which is which is hilarious. Yeah quiet quitting When you go there and do the job that they hired you to do is now called quiet quitting when you're not going above and beyond. um, That's insane. That's called doing your job. It's not called quiet quitting. Now quiet quitting is yeah. if you go there on their dime and you fuck off and you look for another job while you're working for them. That's a different story. Um, Big man crab says he quiet quit his job months ago. Well, that's, again, meaning you're just doing the job that they paid you to do. Good for you because that's all you should be doing. Mm -hmm. So, um, again, one more story. In these times, Mag, is organized labor broken? And I thought this was really interesting. Again, Hamilton Nolan, who we haven't covered one of his stories in a while, not really huge fans in these times, but they did have a couple of good articles this week about labor, and that's probably the one area that I think they do a good job with. But independent unions are great, but it's also proof of labor's broken institutions. So This is actually kind of weird, because it's it's coming from the point of establishment labor and shitting on it. But here's why. The inspiring wave of independent labor organizing also represents the failure of existing unions. As our Trader Joe's United Shout out to Trader Joe's United This year again Has brought a lot of stirring labor victories A pace of union campaigns And strikes so frenetic That it's easy to collapse in a puddle Of undifferentiated cheering for stuff Right The most important trend though Has been the sudden rise of independent unions Organizing drives at untouched companies Led by the workers themselves Not affiliated with any Existing major unions The ALU, of course, has been the biggest example of those, and an endless stream of others seem determined to follow in its footsteps. An independent union drive succeeded at Trader Joe's, and they've popped up everywhere from Apple to Chipotle to Geico. Geico! Now, what does Geico again stand for? I believe it is Government Employee Insurance Company was originally what Geico stood for. It's not owned by the government anymore. Hmm. Okay. Um, The rise of all these independents is inspiring. It is the flowering of seeds that were planted by 40 years of rising inequality and by the work of an entire generation of labor movement activists pushing unions as the solution. If we're being honest, though, the story of these independent unions is also a story about the brokenness of organized labor's existing institutions. If we ignore half the story, we won't learn anything from this moment. And this is where I found it really interesting. This is where it kind of breaks from where we've been talking about the traditional story about what's happening with labor. One thing that virtually every independent labor union that's popped into being this year has in common is this. There are places that should have been unionized a long time ago. And I don't just mean that in the generic sense of all workplaces should have a union. I meant that if America had a union movement with even a modicum of ability to do strategic planning on a national level, the big unions that already sit in these respective industries would have been working hard to build campaigns at many of these companies years ago. All right? United Food and Commercial Workers, UFCW, for example, is the grocery industry union. It should have been plainly obvious a decade ago, at least, that Trader Joe's was a prime target, a successful, growing national grocery chain that also carried with it a cultivated reputation for caring about employees as well as the community and social justice, that is the absolute pinnacle of characteristics of a company that should be a union organizing target. The fact that this that this country's first Trader Joe's union election happened in the year 2022 and was organized by the workers themselves is pretty harsh rebuke to the UFCW, which represents 835,000 grocery workers and has more resources than all but a handful of other unions. Yeah. Amazon, Apple, Chipotle, Geico, yeah. all these are premier employers in industries that have existing unions. In many cases, the existing unions have organizing drives at these companies themselves too. CWA, for example, is organizing Apple stores. Chipotle organized with the Teamsters. The RWDSU is still deeply engaged with in Bessemer and Amazon. And UFCW is organizing Trader Joe's all of which are good examples of the ability of independent tribes to energize more abundant sectors or to pick up excess demand where existing unions don't. The problem here is not the failure of individual unions, but of an entire union establishment that has for decades accepted the proposition that it's the responsibility of workers to come ask unions to organize them, not vice versa.
0: Vice versa.
1: Hmm. What? Right. Yeah. Let us imagine an American labor yep. movement that had, one, a genuine belief that it is the responsibility of unions to offer every worker in their industry mm. a true opportunity to unionize, and two, a rudimentary level of central organization and accountability that could, that could exert some pressure on unions that weren't organizing to do a better job. In this fairy tale world, it would still take bravery and hard work and idealism from workers at all these places to undertake the daunting and uncertain prospect of organizing their workplaces for the first time. The difference is that they would have had the card of of a union organizer in their pocket because the unions in their respective industries would have made a strong effort to organize them and would have made it their business to ensure that all the non-union workers at those companies knew that this union wanted to organize them so that, When the stars aligned and the moment arrived when employees were ready to take on the challenge, they quite naturally would have thought of the existing union as their first phone call. Broadly speaking, that is not what happened. As I say, and I say this, and again, as Hamilton Nolan, as someone who has for years now fielded incoming emails from random people asking me how to unionize and have tried to get them in touch with union organizers from the right unions, it has always been shockingly difficult. Especially for the majority of people not lucky enough to be working in the very narrow slices of industries that are already subject to ongoing union drives in the past seven years, Hamilton himself has helped Amazon work tried to help Amazon workers and Trader Joe's workers and Whole Foods workers and even insurance company workers find a union to help them organize for the most part. It's been hard to find the right union, hard to find the right organizer at the right union. And very hard to get an overworked organizer at the right union to dedicate a sufficient amount of time to leads like this. There are heroic union staffers everywhere, but not nearly enough of them. The problem is not the individual people. The problem is that this sort of thing, which should have always been the top priority of a labor movement that has been losing density for decades, has not been much of a priority at all. <gasps> Wait, sorry, that was the wrong one. I meant to do.
0: We're fucked.
1: Yes, that's that's right, Cynic. All right, so the pandemic happened, and a tipping point was reached. There's been a widespread grassroots surge of interest in unionizing, and surprise, many workers have come to the conclusion that it makes a lot more sense to organize themselves than to spend forever making calls to existing unions that have never spoken to them before have not spent the money to build the organizing staff necessary to give them the time they need. This makes perfect sense. The hard numbers tell us that America's biggest unions have allowed their organizing muscles to atrophy, and now that game day has arrived, they're largely too weak to play. This must be a moment of reckoning for the people who lead unions and control their budgets. As much as we cheer on the resolve of workers who take it upon themselves to organize independently, we must also turn to the unions of of their industry and say, hey, why didn't you get that? I don't want a bland stream of cheerleading tweets from the AFL-CIO about this trend of independence. I want nonstop meetings of top union leaders cowering in chagrin over how it came to this in the first place. Right. This moment in history is an unfolding demonstration of the fact that organizing must be a nonstop practice. You cannot just allow it to wilt for decades and then expect to flip on a switch like a switch when the national mood changes recent report found that organized labor in America employed 23,000 less people in 2020 than it did even in 2010, even while its bank accounts swelled. How many of these people were potential organizers who could have been sitting in coffee shops or McDonald's parking lots across the streets from Trader Joe's and Amazon warehouses and dreary white collar office buildings talking to workers about what a union could do for them? A lot. Philosophically, There is nothing wrong with having an independent union. Practically, there are, and again, this is where I think I'm going to run into an argument with him, there are many drawbacks, and I don't necessarily disagree with him, but I also think that they need to be independent, and I've got my reasons why. He's saying that it can take a lot of time and money and expertise and lawyers to get a solid first union contract in place. Not wrong about any of those things. Those are things that existing unions have that independents don't. Winning the union vote is great, but only a first step. Unions got big and coalesced in the first place because solidarity is power and money and staff and political connections and law firms. Many of the independent unions that do manage to win a union election will inevitably migrate towards existing unions over time or they will get crushed by their multi-billion dollar employers willing to stall and litigate every single thing rather than bargain a fair contract. Hello Amazon. So some independents will join bigger unions, and some like ALU may manage to grow enough to form their own new unions. And others will die out. Again, I, I'm, more, I, I'm, I'm. I hope that's the case. Okay, but, but, they've done the labor movement a great service. No matter what their eventual fate is, they have become big flashing billboards for the need to invest in institutional organizing capacity. That no working person is ever unable to find a union that would like to help them organize. If we don't say that out loud, the lesson will be ignored. Strong unions knock on every door. They talk to every worker. They bring the message to people who don't even know they need it. They don't sit inside while the times are tough and come out when it's sunny to find out that the big game started without them. And again, I'm going to go back and I'm going to shout out the the leaders from cause. And again, this is Hamilton Nolan. One of the best there is, really. Um, follow him at Hamilton Nolan, hamilton at in these times.com if you want to email him. Follow him all over. Good dude. Knows his stuff. Um, So that's our story on organized labor. And I agree with him to a point. I still think independent unions are important. And I still think that, again, like Shadowban said, SEIU, AFL-CIO, Teamsters, they're their own top-down corporate infrastructure themselves. Yep. They're not run by the workers, and they're not even working at or for the company that they're representing. So, yeah. Willie Bragg, welcome to the show. How are you, bud? Good to see you. Uh, he, let me see. Oh, good. He's okay. coming up here. We had people that hated unions at my shop, at my workplace. It came crying to the union right when something went wrong. Shop stewards would get them out of trouble. Yet these peeps, what? Uh, yet these peeps still would not join the union. Yeah, why? Because they were brainwashing against unions. Right, we need both independent unions, and we need to get the inside, the people inside establishment unions, to reform it from within. Yeah, that's that's difficult again because their salaries and their grease, their grease paychecks, and all this other stuff preclude them from doing so. Eric T. Red, shout out to Patreon, Eric T. Red. Thank you for joining us on Sunday night. How do we miss that? You, uh, we just finished up on stories. It is just about time for boats, but before we do that, I do want to make a plea for our friend Misty Winston. Again, our friend Crab, Big Mad Crab, made some graphics for this. And, I, again, you've got some great speakers at this event. It's going to be on on October 8th from noon to 3 p.m. Eastern in front of the, the U.S. Department of Justice, 950 Pennsylvania Avenue Northwest in D.C. There is an amazing lineup of speakers that's going to be speaking and going to be talking about the Assange case. Randy Credico. And Annie Chambers and Dave DeCamp from Anti-War and John Kiriakou, CIA whistleblower. Eliza Blue and Marsha Coleman Adebayo, okay, a political commentator for USA Today. Joe Lauria from Consortium News and Garland Nixon. We love Garland. Dave Donzinger. Again, big names, folks. Big lefties, big, big people speaking out for free speech. Scott Ritter just got announced. Yep. I saw Kevin Gostola is going to be there. So so shout out to everybody that's doing that. If you are in the area, in the D.C. area, please show up. It is going to be an incredible event. It, it, it will not be, it, don't miss it. It's, it's going to be something. And join them. Stand in solidarity. Free Julian Assange. He's being persecuted for revealing government secrets that were leaked to him by somebody else that he went to painstaking efforts to protect. Free Julian Assange. We're fucked. Yeah. We're fucked is right. All right, everybody. Yeah. Anyway, That's what so we, we, yeah, it's it, it's going to be a, a busy week, I think, at INN. I know TAR is still off. Um, we're still working on rescheduling uh, or scheduling some more interviews with some of the Amazon workers who were fired and retaliated against, um, specifically Amazon Cause. Tim from Amazon Cause down in North Carolina. Phenomenal. Uh, outreach and community work that they're doing as well as um, as Matt over at Scamazon at at, at Scramazon (laughs) I'm sorry at Scramazon and they are creating the Amazon workers services and what they're doing there is they're helping Amazon workers figure out when they go work there what kind of resources do I have because Amazon doesn't tell you but as someone who's going to work in a facility From the people who worked there before and from the people who know the lay of the land, it's really important to understand that and how to organize your workplace. So shout out to to Matt over at at Amazon Worker Services also. He also was fired from JFK 8. And again, if you wanna go to INN from Thursday night, there is a special Amazon workers episode where Colin and I sit down and interview four of these workers. And I, I would highly encourage you and beg you to listen to their stories and share their stories and amplify what's happening out there and talk to Amazon employees, go to the warehouses and try to, no, scam is That's not really a Freudian slip. Uh, It really is a scam in some ways, but um, go to your facilities, talk to the workers and talk to them about organizing and talk to them about the benefits of organizing. And if they need help and resources, we've got, we've got peeps. So just reach out Uh, again. What do you got going on this week?
0: Um, depending on things, uh, stream Monday with DJ Joe Nice, um, to talk about the royal family. Um, that should be interesting. But and then, uh, Wednesday night, um, INN News with Misty, assuming a hurricane doesn't um, we'll destroy
1: Reese's house. Depending,
0: yes. right. Yeah, like, or if when I have to leave and when internet is available and all that, but I think they will still happen. Um, I hope to get Colin working with Restream. There so is Colin, it can still happen without we've... me, yes, sir. Amazon. There you go. Um, that Colin, good to see you, bro. Yeah, I definitely should bring weed with me. Um, yes, wherever I can you legally go. carry it with me. How I nice. have a
1: card, how nice, how nice. Her,
0: officer. Uh, um, Kelly
1: is asking for a Friday show Well, we we, we were going to do a Friday show we That would get be the when the
0: storm is here Yes, like I, I'm going to work on trying to find a Consistent guest for that I think Cynic, so should, I think Cynic I, should I think should have someone Sure uh, um, I think that'd be I can be probably cool. set up something with that and I, think she I should need, to need to set up stuff so I can just do it by myself If that's necessary And we'll just go through some memes like we did tonight So She's just a, of those, uh, a wealth of resources. Cynic should show up on out. Reaper
1: After Dark, even if there's no camera on, because she's yeah. a wealth of knowledge and resources. I'm
0: going to try to get... And she's fun. I'm going to try to get spooky on at some point. Spooky! That should be a good time during October. Yeah, she'll, dress, she'll show up in um, costume. I I hope I hope the, uh, you know, lady with the habit... Uh, Sexy whatever. <laughs> with her presents. Sure. Um, the sexy anything? She, she she sent me. Have you ever heard of y- y- the y- the Yandy store? Like I think that's what it is, where they do all those dumb like sexy Halloween costumes, and like <laughs> there's some ridiculous ones. No, I've like, not fucking, seen. Like again, you know like shit that you wouldn't even. It's like fucking sexy white claw. Hmm. Like <laughs> it's dumb. Um. Yeah, I might. I, I might have to evacuate. We'll. We'll see, Colin. Um. It looks like it's only going like, to be down to a category one by the time it gets to you. At least the last I saw.
1: It's you're right in the path. If that's it's, the
0: case, great. But cat one, then I can fucking stay and be no problem. If it's yep. cat one, I'm good. If it's fucking cat four like they were talking about yeah that's a little like, that's
1: a whole other story that that might mean a trip yeah, up yeah like East my coast.
0: house will be fine you know but i don't yep. want to test it while i'm here <laughs> like no you know like i think you can handle a cat five with what we've done to it but like again don't want to test it while i'm here i'll let one of those cat fives roll in first and yep see. but my my thing's a concrete block tank It it should be fine so here's yep. hoping. Anyway.
1: anyway. Well, we're gonna we're gonna cut out for tonight. Yes, sir. Again, this is episode fifty two. How did we miss that? And uh we really appreciate everybody being here. This was a fun fun time with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um again, we got some pretty heavy topics on labor and we are still fighting against management and we stand in solidarity with workers. Uh hashtag justice for Pashawn, if you can go to JB stream from today, earlier today and check out the Prashan Brown stream. Um, give her a GoFundMe, me support that family. It's just, it's, it's a nightmare what happened to her and we'll, we'll, we'll definitely invite her to come on and share her story. And, and we stand in solidarity with her and with, uh, with all our family getting screwed over by Amazon. So thank you so much, everybody tonight. And, uh, we will be back, I think next week. um, I got next week, yes, and then the week after, I have to take off because I'm going to be on a business trip, and I uh, will do a best-of episode. But for tonight, this is, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> this is the bird saying, question everyone's motivations always. Keep listening to what little birds have to tell you, everybody. Good night, fam. I think I liked it better being blind When I couldn't read between the lines when I couldn't see the cracks in the structure That lay bare before me the whole time I think I liked it better back when I Suspended disbelief and swallowed pride I thought I knew the difference in the red from the blue But they both bleed us so dry They both bleed us so
1: dry My favorite songs don't hit the same way I get to the end of a four minute track, and I'm only looking back thinking, what did they
0: actually say?
1: So I try tried- to.